Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. E-40 is a rap legend. If you're from the Bay Area, like I am, you know him as one of, if not the greatest, cultural force in the music of our region. Certainly in the hip-hop music of our region. He got that way because of his absolutely unique style. You have definitely heard his music in commercials on the radio, bumping in the car next to you. I mean... It's hard to talk. Tell me when to go. The moon is full. Look at the dark cloud. Sitting in my scraper watching Oakland going wild. ta I don't bump mainstream. I knock underground. All that other sugar coated and watered down. I'm from the bay where we hyphy and go dump. From the soil where them rappers be getting they lingo from. Tell me when to go. 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 Among the many names E-40 has given himself is the ambassador of the yay. The yay being what he calls the bay. And that's what E-40 is. He was born and raised in the small town of Vallejo in the East Bay. And he's brought the culture of the Bay Area to the world. Gramsci would have called him an organic intellectual. And frankly, there is nothing that reminds me more of my home than listening to 40. When E-40 raps, his rhymes overflow with language, bars stuffed to the gills with words both real and imagined. He's hip-hop's king of slang, and he is a stylist without peer. He's also spent his career at the forefront of independent music, building a rap empire that changed the way music was recorded and sold in hip-hop and beyond. He is himself both an artist and a movement. His distinctiveness has kept him relevant for three decades now, from mob music in the 1990s to hyphy slaps in the aughts to new records today. His themes are simple, hustling, street life, a little bit of wisdom, and a lot of money-making. When we talked in 2019, he'd just released a new record called Practice Makes Paper, or title. Since then, he's been working a lot with another Bay Area rap legend, Too Short, The two did a versus battle back in 2020, and they have released an entire new album called Ain't Gun Do It. Here's a single from it, A Real Trunk Rattler, Turn Up Your Subs, Triple Gold Socks. E40, welcome to Bullseye. It's so great to have you on the show. All right, thank you. Thank you for uh, having me on here, man. Um, I am I am thrilled. I'm a native San Franciscan, so I've been a fan since I was knee high to a grasshopper. So very happy. Many moons, many moons, man. Absolutely. Ankle low to a centerpiece toe. Absolutely. (laughs) Right on. I appreciate you. So when I was a kid, Vallejo, where you're from, was basically Marine World Africa, USA to me, the aquatic theme park. Mm-hmm. And that was about all I knew. What did you, what was Vallejo to you when you were a kid? When I was a kid, it was uh, Dan Foley Park. It was uh, the waterfront. It was Wilson Park Baseball. It was Lemon Street Park football practices. It was 
Corpus Field football games with all the high school football teams. It was um, Blue Rock Springs. It was uh, unity over separation, so much love, and it made me, it molded me, it made me become a goat in the game, and I'm grateful and thankful. Were you proud as a kid to be from Vallejo? Oh, you know, I definitely never denied where my soil was from. It's just we had to work harder than most because we were a small city with about eight or nine exits at the time, and uh, we had to prove ourselves to the rest of the Yay area, to, uh, you know, Oakland, to Frisco, to, you know what I'm saying, all the other soils, bigger cities that was uh, from the Bay Area, you know? Yeah, I mean, Vallejo had a pretty proud music history, even just when you were a kid. You were born in the mid-'60s, and, you know, Sly Stone is from Vallejo, Confunction were from Vallejo, uh, John, I didn't know Johnny Otis was from Vallejo until I just happened to look it up earlier today. But there was <laughs> there was all this there was all this pride in Vallejo. Your uncle was a was a professional musician as well. You know his name? Yes, I do know his name. What's but, his handle? But only because I only because I wrote it down. I know that you knew him as Uncle Chucky, uh, but he was known as Saint Charles. That's right. St. Charles is my uncle and uh, my mama's brother. Same last name, same mama, same daddy. I grew up as a young, ambitious, curious young man. Loved music, played the drums uh, when I was uh, in the fourth grade and uh, played all the way to high school. Uh, That was one of the only sources of music. They didn't have Pro Tools and Logic and all that good stuff. So I used to always holler at my uncle Chucky. I said, "Uncle Chucky, Uncle Chucky, I want to make I want to make a record." So as I got older, me and my brother D. Shot and B. Legit, we found a few dollars and went ahead and put it into the thing, and I uh, bought some CDs, you know, and uh, pressing them up at uh, Rainbow Records. Made it, made it out, made an EP, and it was a great, it was a great EP. It was, but we knew we needed to do. What we came in the game to do, we really, what we really signed up to do, and that was to spit LRPs. You know what I'm saying? You know, speak our life, um, to talk about, you know, to narrate, to become a narrator, to narrate the soil, to narrate the activities that's jumping off. I want to play your uncle's record, if you don't mind. Your uncle had a 45 out, R&B 45. Oh my God! Please don't tell me you got that, bro. This was it rock called... me in my arms. Yeah, exactly play that because if you play that it's going to make me tear up and I'll tell you why because I was so happy for my uncle like I was a little kid and he'll pull up in Millersville and he'll have those those in his in the back of his he had a Cadillac it wasn't no super bad Cadillac it was just a clean Cadillac and I just remember having that you know it's like man that's my uncle it was just like and I and I know those lyrics I know the hook you know what I mean you want me to sing it before you even say it let's hear it Rock me in your arms, and I want to feel your love. Come on, one more time, one more time. For the good times, for the good times, yeah. You feel me? Let's go.
You know, it just meant so much to me, you know. We had a famous person. He, he might not have been worldwide famous with it, but he made worldwide famous people, people like myself, JT the bigger figure, you know, and he taught me life lessons. He taught me how to go get a, a, a bank account. Go over here. Let's go get this bank account. Let's show you how he showed me. He taught me how about purchase orders, invoices, everything. He was like, you know, an uncle is like a second dad. That's what he was to me. And that's what he is right now to this day. I didn't know until I started reading for this interview, and I, I've been a fan of yours for, for decades, but uh, I didn't know until I started reading for this interview that you went to college. Um, I think it's for, you know, it's still relatively unusual for MCs, but certainly for MCs of your generation, there weren't that many dudes who had gone to college. You went to Grambling. Um, tell me how you ended up uh, going away to school. So one day, so you got to stand, my cousin be legit, you know, he not just my he not just my family, but he like my best friend in the world. So everything he did, I did. That's we you you know we we did the same thing. We played ball together. We slid out through the traffic together. You know what I'm saying? We you know what I'm saying it's like when you see B, you gonna see me. If you see me, you gonna see B. We we on Magazine Street one day, and he was like he hit me with the he hit me with one of the ones. He just uh yeah in a couple months I'm about to head out to uh college. I said, oh, for real? Okay, cool, cool. Where you headed? Louisiana. I said, Louisiana? What the hell, Louisiana? He said, yeah, uh, Grandma State University. I said, hold on, Grandma State University? You finna leave in a couple of months or something like that? He said, yeah, I got to go, man. Ooh, I said, man, I'm, I, hmm. I talked to my mom. I said, I'm, I'm going too. I need to get up there too. Because, <laughs> you know, at that time, uh, you know, life was moving fast. You know, I was 17 and a half, something like that, almost 18. So I went and got my transcript and everything from uh, from uh, from Hogan High School, and I made it in by the hair of my chinny chin chin. We went, we we uh, ended up doing music as we was out while we was out there. Do you remember any of the verses that you wrote back then? Um, let me see. I gotta remember that it was so many years. You gotta remember it was this was 1986, brother. It was 1986. You can Google it. You know what? You can punch in E40 in the click, or you can put E40 Be Legit, Grandma State University, uh, remake school alma mater, because we feel like we remade the school alma mater. Grambling University. Grambling University. Grambling University. GSU. It's the school. But we come to learn not, not to, to be, be cool. cool. Hey, if you just believe. Now there's no other school, no other grade. Then the dear old grammar state. Grambling University. Grambling University. Grambling University. That's awesome. Hey, so look, so we entered that. So we we saw that song at a talent show at Gremlin. And we won, bro. We run, we won the whole talent show. When we walked out, we were signing autographs on campus. Nineteen, the fall of eighty six, eighty seven. Good brother. And you came home to Vallejo and basically just got in the studio and started making records. When we got in the studio, didn't waste no time. Put our put our you know put our foot on the gas and went in. We we made a record uh, called MVP Most Valuable Players. It was me, D. Shot, B. Legit, Sugar T. You know, 
Uh, that, you know, a lot of times your first record just don't make it. You know what I'm saying? So we just kept throwing the wall. If you hit at the wall, eventually it's going to stick. You learned from your uncle the basics of the record business and found a, a one-stop shop that could print your records for you and distribute them. What were you doing to sell them before you signed your first major label deal in the early 90s? So we had a one-stop. It was called uh, Music People, which was a one-stop distribution company, right? It wasn't my one-stop. It was just a one-stop that all the Bay Area, a lot of the Bay Area rappers, and even people from outside of the Bay Area used to use. And then we also had City Hall Records, which was like our main hub. Back when we did it, we had major bids. All the labels wanted to sign uh, Sick With The Records, E-40 and The Click. They wanted to sign us. We went with Barry Wise, Barry Wise and Jive Records. So I was paid to make the way my um, deal was designed. Me, I was the top. I was a top hat of the whole sick with the records. So my deal was I was paid on the first two hundred thousand records on a seventy five twenty five. Jive got twenty five percent. Uh, they got their twenty five percent fee, and I got seventy five percent. And they couldn't hold a reserve because the two hundred, the first two hundred thousand, was designed to already be sold because that's what I was selling already before I before they had any interest of me. That's a lot of money. 200,000 I mean? records is a lot of records to sell on a, a record lot. company that's a guy. Yes, sir. Exactly. You feel what I'm saying? We had one of the best deals, if not the best deal in the game. And my Uncle St. Charles designed a system where he was very smart, very smart. He taught me a lot. And he took every... He went from city to he, – he, he looked into – you know, he did his due diligence and put together a book. And this book, it was an address book with all the places that sold hip-hop music. So what he would do would put together a one sheet with all our information, kind of like what you see on Wikipedia. But it was a – you know, it wasn't as long, the, the, the discography or whatever, you know. But it would show all the things that we had going. It would have, a, it would have our barcode of how to, you know, the barcode for the CD or cassette at the time, it, you know, and so we would send it out with like five cassettes and he sent that to everything and he had a major a, a major network, you know. So Master P and, and you know, and JT the Bigger Figure, those guys like that, you know, and the rest of the Bay Area, they seen how Stick With It Records and Solar Music Group and my Uncle St. Charles and, and, and Stick With It was doing it. Me and St. Charles, we was the the main guys, you know what I'm saying? And uh they seen how we got out and uh, you know, they came aboard and got with got with my uncle St. Charles and um hey Amen, sky's the limit, you know, and made a lot of money and uh did their thing, became iconic in the game, very iconic, and uh, I take my hats off to them and I love them dearly, and that's how it all went. Well, you know JT the Baker Figure knew what was up because game recognized game. Game recognized game in the Bay, man. Shout out to JT the Bigger Figure. Shout out to Mac Marley. Legends in the game. We'll finish up with E40 in just a minute. Stick around. It's Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. On NPR's Consider This podcast, we help you make sense of one big story in the news every day, like how to combat disinformation and conspiracy theories, which pose a real threat to democracy. And what life looks like after you're vaccinated. The next phase of do's and don'ts. All that in 15 minutes every weekday. Listen now to Consider This from NPR. Hey, Jay Keith. Hey, Helen. Hey, you've got another true-false quiz for me? Yep. 
Our trivia podcast, Go Fact Yourself, used to be in front of a live audience. True. Turns out that's not so safe anymore. Correct. Next. Unfortunately, this means we can no longer record the show. False. The show still comes out every first and third Friday of the month. Correct. Finally, we still have great celebrity guests answering trivia about things they love on every episode of Go Fact Yourself. Definitely true. And for bonus points, name some of them. Recently, we've had uh, Ophira Eisenberg, plus tons of surprise experts like Yardley Smith and Suzanne Summers. Perfect score. Woo-hoo. You can hear Go Fact Yourself every first and third Friday of the month with all the great guests and trivia that we've always had. And if you don't listen, well, then you can go fact yourself. That's the name of our podcast. Correct. Woo-hoo. Welcome back to Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. If you're just joining us, my guest is E-40. He's one of the most influential rappers of all time, a legend from the Bay Area. Tell me when to go, snap your fingers, you and that. Tons of unforgettable features. A couple months ago, he put out a brand new record with another Bay Area veteran, Too Short. It's called Ain't Gonna Do It. We talked in 2019 after he just released his, wait for it, 28th studio album, Practice Makes Paper. Let's get back into it. I want to play a little bit of what is one of, if not the most iconic Bay Area hip-hop records. And it's possible that I I think that because it came out when I was 14. Yeah. But one of the all-time greatest. Um, and that's the Bay Ballers remix of The Loonies I Got Five on it. Woo. And every rapper in the Bay was on this record. Every person who was anybody was on this album, uh, on this track. And you have one of the best verses on the whole thing. Let's take a listen. Okay. Why your trade me so bad? Forty makes it happen. Five gay slapping revenue growth and just a little bit lightweight. Flambos and potent fumes linger. Mighty clouds of northern lights. Respect the victory bearing and you'll be violating my civil rights. I'm starting to feel my skrilla, but perhaps today my skill ain't killing me. For the simple fact that I'm off to the track with hella fools be. Pockets empty, pitching five, man, I'm busted. Took off my hat, passed it around. Forty, I didn't even have cable. I was watching that video on California Music Channel. After Woo! school. Shout out to Chewy Gomez. <laughs> shout out to Andy Kawanami. Uh, uh, California Music Channel, man. CMC, man. Iconic, you know. Wow. <laughs> but I remember you coming in that video, and there's some, you know, there's some bold looks in that video. You know, Shock G <laughs> and Humpty Humper in that video. Uh, Drew Spice Down one. is in that video with Drew his down. hair. You know what I'm talking about? And mm-hmm. you coming in that video with your glasses down your nose. <laughs> Off top, off top, you know, unique to square look, but really a hip square, like gamed up, you know, throw off methods, man. I just look like this, man. You know what I'm saying? You can never know. You can't take me too serious. You can't take me for a joke. I'm a character. This is how I get out. I don't even really wear glasses. I don't wear glasses. I don't need glasses. Not to say that I want in the future. It could be next week. It could be, you know, 10 years from now. It could be 30 years from now. Maybe I'm never wearing them, but. I'm just saying that was a look that we I chose to take on with the glasses hanging on my nose, you know what I'm saying? Reading glasses and that that's 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 my look. And then, you know, in the future you'll see more and more. But that was a look, not just me, the Bay Area is rocking with that look in the eighties and uh I utilize it as uh, somebody that, uh, you know, you see me wearing them glasses in the traffic while I'm out there doing my duties, moving around, wiggling. You know, you the 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 Elroy's, the Popo, the Penelope's, the you know what I'm saying? The, the cherries, uh, the one times, I have you the 5 the 12, whatever you want to call it. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, 
at that time, they was gonna just walk. They was gonna just look look right past me because he oh, he oh he ain't doing that. He squared. He in a bucket. He ain't he ain't having it. We ain't even tripping on him. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it was also a look of fashion. It was part of the culture, um, and then unfolded like that, man. And uh, that was that. But you played that. I got five one. That was legendary and classic. We all did our. We did a great job with that one. I had everybody off the Slurricane Hurricanes. I I had made them personally for them. I was the bartender. Hello. <laughs> I, um. So you just gave us the loonies. <laughs> they did it. You just gave us twelve names for the police. I did. I got plenty more. Yeah, I know. I'm not surprised to hear that for you. <laughs> um. And you know, there's probably some people listening to this right now who are listening on KALW in San Francisco and they 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 know the deal, you know? They listen they listen to KPOO. Yeah. They listen to uh Oh yeah. KPOO baby baby. KPOO. <laughs> I rode on out to the Valley Joe. Man, when Too Short said that, that was so iconic when he said that. I forgot the song, but I say Too Short is my hero. Yeah. I mean, I, I who was knows? a young man. I was a young mustache observing his game. You feel me? Who who would know if I was if I would even be in radio today if it wasn't for uh, the music director of KPOO, JJ on the radio. JJ on the radio. Shout out to JJ on the radio. Playing the original, playing playing classic soul music from the original 45 RPM recordings. Authentic. All snap, crackles, and pops are intentional. Hello. Authentic Bay Area, iconic platform that uh, invited us all. Let's, you know what I mean? But let's, let's cut through a little bit of Bay Area slang for people who aren't from the Bay. Um, I'll, I can give you some words, and, and you give me a sense of what they mean. Okay. So the first one is uh, Cuddy. Cuddy. Cuddy, that's um, – I, when I first heard Cuddy, that's from North Vallejo. That's uh, Mac Dre and, uh, you understand me, the, uh, the Romper Room, uh, you know, that, that whole side of town. That was their thing. That was That's their word. That's they word. That's, that's the first time I ever heard them screaming it. They was the Cuddies. We was the Sahabs. You feel me? And that, it's all gravity for sure. What about Fetty? Fetty, that's a uh, that is a Spanish word for Fetia. Uh, I was the first rapper ever screaming it. Fetia is money. You know what I'm talking about? Gouda, Skrilla, paper. Uh, you know, bread, scratch. You know what I'm talking about? I'm going on and on forever, but that's something that I was the first rapper screaming at. You know what I mean? So I can take. Um, I can actually really go ahead and you know take claim that one right there. Flamboasting. Flamboasting means being flamboyant and boasting at the same time. So you put them both together, and you got flamboasting. What about saying sucker free? What does it mean to be sucker free? Sucker free is you know continuing to dodge suckers, you know, uh, to shake haters, um, you know, and uh, you know, st- st- just stay away from suckers and uh, sucker free. I w- whenever I hear sucker free, always, always, uh, it always remind me of Frisco because I feel like Frisco, because Frisco gamed up to the whole bay and every region, every city has their own words and stuff that they say. Sucker so, free city. Sucker free. That's 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 the skull. That's that's Frisco. You know what I mean? They sucker free. Forty. Why is it that you, a fifty-year-old man? are still making like 
mainstream rap, rap records with dudes that are out right now, why are you the only person who can pull that off? Me and Be Legit, we used to always talk about this. Like, man, when we get older, man, we ain't gonna be, we ain't gonna be slacking in our mag. We gonna be gamed up. We gonna, we gonna, we ain't gonna do too much, but we gonna be right there with them, and we know how far we are ahead of time. Because we was always students of the game, and we always would soak up game like a beach towel with all the OGs and whatnot. And we what we 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 studied it, and and we we practiced being uh, we practiced making paper. We practiced, um, you know, being solid, not solid. You know what I'm saying? Um, I would say this. I would say that, um, and this not pointing the finger at me like I'm a me me me, like you know what I'm saying this, then the third. Because I stay humble. I stay definitely hungry and humble. Believe it or not, man, some people get mad at me for being so humble. They want me to really, you understand me, like stand up and just and and just scream it, man. Like, man, own it, and I do, but I do it in a in a humble way because I feel like humbleness got me all this far. Why not stay humble, you know? And they like, man, dude, come on, man, it's no one your age, no one that it started in the '80s with music on the shelves that stayed relevant all this time consistently. No one in the on the planet. I don't care who it is. I know what I brought to hip hop. I know that I'm steady moving the culture forward, not backwards. You know what I'm saying? And and um, I'm I'm just me, man. But I always promise myself: turn with the times, or the times gonna turn on you. Change with the times, or the times will change on you. But do it in a player fashion, where you know you're still you, but at the same time. You know, you, you're fitting in right with what's going on today. You know what I'm talking about? I told people, even when the hyphy movement came in, man, I didn't get it from a particular person. I got it from my region. That The hyphy movement was the whole Bay Area. It wasn't just uh, one person or anything like that. I just joined in because this is what it was. It just so happened that, uh, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, a legendary guy by Vallejo, you know, from Vallejo, passed away at the time when everything was going great. And I believe that he would be iconic and have millions of dollars and everything if he was alive. It wasn't never a personal issue with him. You know what I'm saying? I, all I did was join in in a movement that was, you know, that was right there in my backyard. I never moved out of the Bay Area. Forty, I can't let you go without you sharing one of these with me. I'm going to do my best. This is my best, Forty. Uh-huh. Ooh. <laughs> Can I tell you where I got that from? Because I always pay homage. Can I tell you where I got that from, bro? Yeah. I'm proud to say it, too. A female rapper, just so happened to her name... It's Sugar T, which is my blood sister, same mama, same daddy. Because she used to, when she finished sprinkle me, and she just, ooh. You know, people coin me for this, but like I, I'm telling you, it was real. I got that from my sister, Sugar T. Well, Forty, I sure appreciate you taking all this time to be on Bullseye. Um, yes, sir. You know, the Bay wouldn't be the Bay without the ambassador. And thank I'm, you. I'm very grateful for everything you've done. And frankly, uh, my career wouldn't be what it was without your example. And that's the wow. truth. That's the truth, Ruth. God bless you, man. Thank you, man. I, I'm very grateful and thankful. E-40 from 2019, his latest record, a collaboration with Too Short, is called Ain't Gonna Do It. You can get that now. 
Let's go out on one more track from his 2019 album, Practice Makes Paper, a posse cut uh, with a, a 17 other people. It's called Chase the Money. Look at me. Look at the way I carry myself. Look at the way I'm winning. Look at this liquid around my neck. Look how they shimmer. Look at this strand I'm smoking. Look at this bottle I'm holding. Look at my life. Look how I'm planning to feel like I'm rolling the dice up under casino lights. Luxury automobiles and sports cars with loud pipes. Detachable steering wheels, muscle cars, and scraper bikes. Some of my niggas push pills. Some of them push that cha-cha. Some of them work for a living to make an honest dollar. And here's another thing I thought that you should know. I'll make up stand outside forever like a scarecrow. I'm a baby. That's affirmative. Ain't no arguing. You soft as table butter. I'm always intoxicated. I'm never sober. That's the end of another episode of Bullseye. Bullseye is created in the homes of me and the staff of Maximum Fun in and around greater Los Angeles, California, where we were grateful to welcome roughly two and a half hours of heavy rain. Thank you, Sky, for that. We needed it. Our show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our producer is Kevin Ferguson. Jesus Ambrosio and Jordan Cowling are our associate producers. We have help from Casey O'Brien. Our interstitial music is by Dan Wally, also known as DJW. Our theme song is by The Go Team. Thanks very much to them and to their label Memphis Industries for sharing it. You can also keep up with the show on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. We post all of our interviews there, and I think that's about it. Just remember, all great radio hosts have a signature sign-off. Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR.